We shall fight with growing confidence and growing strength in the air. We shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight in the fields and in the streets. We shall never surrender until in God's good time, the new world with all its power and might steps forth to the rescue and the liberation of people. In times of universal deceit, truth is the only rebellion left. On today's show, Joe Biden and Donald Trump. I have a question for all of you woke Wesleyans and Biden evangelicals. How are you feeling about that decency in the White House now? I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion. Welcome to today's rebellion. The news over the last 24, 48 hours has been Afghanistan. We've watched helicopters swoop into the embassy, reminiscent of the fall of Vietnam and Saigon. We've seen replays of Joe Biden's denial just five minutes ago where he promised that none of this would happen and that those reporters, those conservatives from Fox News who were challenging his wisdom on Afghanistan were unfair, biased, right-wingers who needed to be maligned and ignored. We've seen videos and photographs of jets taking off from the Cabal Airport, with people actually hanging on to the landing gear as the airplane ascended into the air, hanging on to 500, 1,000 feet elevation, and then finally letting go and falling to their death. Because apparently, they felt that that was worth the risk, rather than stay, knowing what would happen to them if they were caught by the Taliban. We've seen photographs of women that have been beaten by the Taliban. We know that many have literally lost their heads. We've abandoned the Afghani people as well as some of our own citizens. We've just left them there at the mercy of these barbarians. If anybody thinks that our enemies aren't watching how spineless we've been over the course of the last couple days, I've got a bridge to sell you in the Mojave Desert. China's already shown their cards. They've told the Taiwanese people that America has just proven that we will never support them if China chooses to attack. And how can you disagree? But hey, we don't have any more nasty tweets coming out of the White House, right? Finally, we have a quote-unquote decent man of integrity in the White House, right? This is what the pro-Biden evangelicals told us was the right thing to do, the just thing to do, the moral thing to do. We couldn't stand for the bad orange man any longer and his bad temperament. No, no, we had to get rid of him because we needed justice and integrity 
and honesty. We needed a good man in the White House, not a bad man. We needed somebody who would attend to the needs of the poor. Someone who would take care of people other than just, you know, spoiled Americans. Somebody that would be multicultural. Somebody that would take care of women and children. And this is what we got. On today's show, I'm going to talk about the hypocrisy and the self-refuting smugness of pro-Biden evangelicals, pro-life evangelicals for Biden, if there was ever ever an oxymoron, a more moronic statement than that, I don't know what it is. I was agitated and aggravated by it during the campaign, and, and watching what's happened over the last couple days makes me even more angry. And it should make you angry too. And you shouldn't be hesitant to say so. We have elected a man. We have empowered a party that could care less about these poor people in Afghanistan. They just threw tens of thousands of people under the bus. They literally threw them under the sword. These people will be butchered because of Joe Biden's incompetence and because of the arrogance of woke Wesleyans, woke evangelicals, the affirming church, Biden evangelicals, all of these people who couldn't think their way out of a paper bag politically or biblically. What say you now? What say you now? Oh, you don't have those bad tweets anymore. You elected a plagiarist, a pathological liar, who is now plagued with dementia. And if that isn't as obvious as the nose on your face, I don't know what is. He gets lost walking to the White House from his helicopter. He can't communicate in front of a camera. He's vacationing while the world burns. Talk about Nero fiddling. And where are are all of our pro-Biden evangelicals lately? I haven't heard much from them about justice. Have you? I haven't heard much lately about integrity. Have you? They've even taken down their websites. They've literally taken down their websites. They've just disappeared. Pro-Biden evangelicals, woke Wesleyans, affirming Nazarenes, all of you self-righteous, smug, affirming Christians out there, this one's on you. The last couple days is on you. And I don't want to hear anything about, oh, this was Trump's fault. Are you serious? Are you serious? How long does the man need to be out of office before you stop blaming him for everything that Joe Biden is doing. Just stop. Don't insult my intelligence or anyone else's by suggesting that somehow the news of the last couple days is Donald Trump's fault? Oh, well, he wanted to get out of Afghanistan too. Well, maybe the right way rather than this asinine way of leaving all of these people at the mercy of these butchers. Jeez.
I'm going to take a break. When we get back, I'm going to share with you an article that was written before Donald Trump was defeated by Joe Biden. It was written by a Christian college faculty member, and it's shameful. I'm going to read a lot of it to you as an example of how thoughtless and ignorant and inconsistent and hypocritical and selfish and narcissistic, supposedly smart evangelicals can be. I'm Dr. Everett Piper. This is The Rebellion, and I'll be right back in a couple minutes. Welcome back to The Rebellion. I haven't done any uh, housekeeping for the last several episodes, the last several shows, so forgive me, I'm going to do a little right now. Remember that if you'd like to subscribe to The Rebellion, you can go to patreon.com backslash Dr. Everett Piper. Patreon.com backslash D-R-E-V-E-R-E-T-T-P-I-P-E-R. That's patreon.com backslash Dr. Everett Piper. I encourage you to subscribe. It's not that much. You can subscribe for very, very little or maybe a little bit more, depending on what you would like to do. But by subscribing to The Rebellion, you help support the work we put into this so that we hopefully are bringing you something on a daily basis that's meaningful. It takes a little bit of work, a little bit of reading, a little bit of research, and quite a little bit of time. So if you'd like to support that effort, I obviously would be grateful if you did so. So go to patreon.com backslash Dr. Everett Piper, D-R-E-V-E-R-E-T-T-P-I-P-E-R. And I'd like you to consider buying my books, my national bestseller, Not a Daycare, The Devastating Consequences of Abandoning Truth, is the book I wrote where I challenged the snowflake rebellion, cancel culture. At this point, some six years later, I kind of have a I told you so attitude. You've heard me say that on this show. Somewhat immature, I guess, sometimes for somebody to say I told you so. I hope that's not the way it's coming across right now. I certainly don't intend it to be immature when the title of the book is Not a Daycare. But I warned you. I told you this was coming. I said what's taught today in the classroom will materialize in our culture. And if you're teaching a bunch of college students to be a self-absorbed, narcissistic uh, brats who are demanding their safe spaces on college campuses that they will graduate and they will take jobs at Google and Facebook and Twitter and General Motors and ConocoPhillips and Coke and Pepsi and the list goes on. And when they get those jobs, they're going to take those same failed ideas with them and they're going to start demanding the same things in the corporate world. And here we are today. We're suffering suffering the consequences of producing All of this nonsense, the stuff that doesn't make any sense. Critical race theory, critical theory, intersectionality, white privilege, SJW, social justice warriors, Black Lives Matter. All of this stuff was predictable. It was as predictable as the sunrise. And I said so back in 2015 in Not a Daycare. Teach self-absorption, and you're going to get a self-absorbed culture. Teach victimization, and you're going to get people prone to vice 
and vengeance. They're not going to be people of virtue. And here we are. So that's my book, Not a Daycare. And the sequel just came out this past April, and it's, as you know, titled Grow Up. Life isn't safe, but it's good. And essentially, that's my call for us to start acting like adults and stop cowering in the corner, demanding our safety, rather than protecting and guarding and fighting for our freedom. You know, any nation that prefers safety over freedom will in the end get neither. And that's where we are as a culture right now. And grow up, life isn't safe, but it's good. Deals with that issue. So subscribe to The Rebellion at patreon.com backslash D-R-E-V-E-R-E-T-T-P-I-P-E-R. And please go consider buying either one of my books or perhaps even both of them in a package deal at any online bookstore, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or wherever else you choose to buy your books. Now back to today's topic. Biden evangelicals. What say you now? As I said, I'm angry. I'm just angry. And I'm going to go back to an article. I won't read all of it. It's an article written by a Christian college professor back in October of 2016. And he basically rails against Donald Trump. Now, I want to remind you that I also, during that time, was against Donald Trump. Don't turn off the radio. Don't stop listening to this broadcast if you're pro-Trump. I was against Donald Trump, too, during the primary season because we had other options. You remember? We had Rand Paul, good man. Rubio, likewise. Ted Cruz, strong leader, proven conservative, a fighter. We had a variety of candidates. Those were the top candidates, I suppose. Fiorina was in there, too. And I didn't believe Donald Trump. I didn't believe he was a conservative. His track record didn't demonstrate that. What his track record did demonstrate is that he owned casinos and strip clubs. That's a fact. He had written multiple books where he boasted of his sexual prowess and his infidelity. Um, He was profane. He said things about people I didn't appreciate that I felt was a bit juvenile, immature, condescending and rude, a bit boorish, to be quite frank. And I said all that, and I said I wasn't going to vote for man, the man. But the primary ended, and he prevailed, and I had to make a decision. And I've told you before that I decided that I would vote for the covenant, not the king, and that I wasn't going to vote for a hierarchy, top-down authoritarian government, big brother telling everybody what to do, from how to use the bathroom to what pronouns to use. And now they're even telling us how to breathe. That if you don't put a porous piece of paper or a soppy, soaked up, sweaty, smelly piece of cloth because you've had it on your face all day long, if you don't breathe through that contaminated stuff, that you're not virtuous and that you're killing people. You know, I wasn't going to vote for any of that stuff. I also wasn't going to vote for a party that proudly 
said that it believed in the butchering of babies and the degradation of women by telling them that they're not even biological facts anymore and that delusional men that want to commit the ultimate in cultural appropriation by blackfacing women, dressing up in exaggerating exaggerating features and extreme makeup, literally, blackfacing women. I wasn't going to vote for a party that believed in all of that, that had screwed up everything it had ever touched, that was now championing not only LGBTQIA, but CRT, BLM, and SJW, this alphabet soup of anarchy and power and control. No, I wasn't going to vote for that. So I switched. I grew up. I realized that something was more important than the person, and it was the principles of the party, and that I was going to vote for a constitution and the covenant, and the party that promised to defend those things and had a history of doing a better job of defending those things than the other party. So I proudly cast my vote for Donald Trump twice. Well, I had a colleague at the time that said, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. And he was very smug and arrogant about it. He said this, as many of my Christian friends more or less concede, Donald Trump is a lecherous braggart with no serious proposals the temperament of a toddler, and a penchant for racism and misogyny. Now stop right there, full stop. I said he was a braggart. I did say that he admitted to being lecherous, never said that he didn't have serious proposals, and never said he had a penchant for racism or misogyny. If you want to talk about misogyny, let's talk about Bill Clinton. Let's talk about Andrew Cuomo. Let's talk about Anthony Weiner. Let's talk about Joe Biden. You know, maybe Tara Reid will someday get her day in court. You think? If you want to talk about misogyny, let's not go after Donald Trump. Frankly, Donald Trump never had one sex scandal while he was in office. I'm not defending the man's morality before he was elected president, but not one sex scandal while he was there. Not one. Andrew Cuomo can't say that. And frankly, Joe Biden can't say that either. He was in elected office when he accosted Tara Reid. Anyway... My colleague ranted on about how Trump was completely unacceptable because of his witness and that it would be prostitution for him to vote for such a man. He said that Donald Trump represented a whites-only movement. Really? You ever heard of Candace Owens, Larry Elder, Thomas Sowell? Have you ever heard of these guys? Eddie Huff, locally here in 
Tulsa? Have you ever heard of any of these guys? Whites only movement? Please stop. By the way, this professor is a millennial white guy. A misogynistic movement. I've already covered that one. That he's trying to keep women out of leadership roles. What? And it's increasingly an over 60 movement. Talk about chronological snobbery. So white guys over 60, well, that's not the kingdom, said my friend in his article. His article that's titled, I'd rather lose my religious liberty than vote for Donald Trump. October 10th, 2016. White guys over 60, a misogynist. And here's what he said. This is not the kingdom of God, he says, but it is in danger of becoming American evangelicalism. No, what's becoming American evangelicalism today, my friend, is moralistic therapeutic deism and what the Democrat Party has brought to the table. Sexual nihilism, the butchering of babies, and the degradation of women under the banner of the rainbow. So he says this. So what's my personal answer to the religious liberty argument that Donald Trump is defending our religious liberty? Which, by the way, he did. I had to fight for that when Obama and Biden were in the White House in Obama-Biden version one, I had to fend that off. I had to tell the Obama Department of Education to go pound sand because they were trying to force me to provide transgender accommodations in my Christian college dormitories. And I said, no, I will not do that. I cannot comply with Title IX if you're now forcing me to deny that women are even real. If you're telling me that I have to pretend that a woman is nothing but a leprechaun and a unicorn, that that somehow she's make-believe, fantasy, a fairy tale, and not real, then how in the world can we ever honor the law? And like I said, comply with Title IX. And what was this professor doing while I was fighting? He was quiet. Crickets. I don't remember him stepping forward and thanking me. But here's what he said. So back to what's my personal answer to the religious liberty argument, he asks. Well, here it is. And he puts this in bold font in his column. As a Christian and a father of two girls, I would rather lose every shred of my religious freedom than align myself with this truly vile human being. In fact, I would rather have Christianity assailed from without than corrupted from within. As history shows, he says, we can survive being marginalized. We can even survive persecution, though the P word is sometimes overused by the religious right. But we cannot so easily survive brazen complicity with the worst elements of human behavior, nor do we deserve to, he says. So yes, I still care deeply about abortion, the Supreme Court, religious liberty, and everything else. But 
As Christ's bride, I will not be treated like that married woman who Trump took furniture shopping in an effort to buy her body. Some things are more important than furniture, he says, and some things are more important than political favors. That's my opinion, and I'm sticking to it. Well, if you're listening right now, young friend, really, that P word is sometimes overused? Look at the news in Afghanistan. Not too sure that they agree with you. Christianity can survive? Well, it's not doing so well in Afghanistan right now as I speak, is it? You'd rather give up every shred of your religious freedom and that of your two girls? Hmm. If you lived in Afghanistan right now, I'm not too sure you'd be so eager to do that because your girls wouldn't fare very well. They'd be stolen from you. They'd be raped multiple times. And if they weren't beheaded, they would then be quote-unquote married off to one of these Taliban butchers. Oh, but you, you would stand upright and courageous by giving up every shred of your religious freedom rather than align yourself with this truly vile human being. I'll tell you what's vile. This pathological plagiarist that's been elected to the presidency that you guys have said is a decent, honest man with integrity? Really? He just abandoned an entire nation and left them at the mercy of some of the most vile human beings on the face of the earth right now. I have no patience for these evangelicals for Biden anymore. If you guys can't think your way out of a paper bag and see that some intemperate tweets are not on the same moral plane as cutting off people's heads and raping 10-year-old girls and forcing people to flee a country by hanging onto the bottom of an airplane as it departs the Afghan airport while people fall to their deaths. I don't know how I can reason with you people anymore. I just close by asking the same question I opened up with. Woke Wesleyans, self-righteous Nazarenes, evangelicals for Biden, what say you now about this decency in the White House? I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion.